Hello everybody, hello my friend, hello Sonia, welcome hello. to this new episode of Sotorial Talks. Today we're going to speak about a subject where we, which, is, which is particularly close to our heart, because we're going to speak about books, and specifically books about men's style and anything sartorial. Uh, you know that we are writing books, and when I say we, I must repair uh, something which is not fair. Uh, may maybe some of you have been buying my books. I wrote actually three books, and I was lucky enough to be reprinted and reprinted in different versions, uh, big version, original version, translated version, compact version. So my first book, The Parisian Gentleman, my second book, The Italian Gentleman, on the cover should have um, bear the name of my wife, Sonia Glynn, because she wrote, I would say, 30% of it. And you were part of this adventure with my friend Lyra Blin, and the three of us, we've been traveling almost for three years in Italy to write a book. So, Well, uh, we could tell the backstory. The reason I ended up writing, I was trained in writing, but was because our deadline was approaching, we and were, we were... Hunkered down in the bunker, <laughs> writing day and night, and yeah. we did have the good sense to hire someone to do a, a uh, just fact checking. We could say and uh, making sure we spell those Italian names right. Those families can be very sensitive. And, yeah, uh, and it was a great experience. Really, I don't remember his name. I'm sorry, uh, Francesco, Francesco de Capris. Yeah, he has. It helped us at the end, but you were instrumental of me finishing without being killed by my publisher because <laughs> I was so late. That was my second book, and then my third book called Soulier. Soulier means shoes in French, and the French version has been released uh, at the end of 2019, and the English version was due this spring. But we had this problem with COVID-19; they That's stopped right. the economy, and specifically the public economy was very affected uh, but we are finishing currently That's the um, English translation and yes. it should see the light uh, uh, during the winter so it's going to be called shoes very simply and once again this time uh, I want it to be really fair and the name of my beautiful wife Sonia Glynn will be on the cover with my name so congratulations well, darling kind, but you, you have are to, but it's fine you are a published author now we'll which see. is important and you deserve it greatly so today uh once for you know i'm not going to speak about my books because uh well actually one last thing if you want to pre-order the book in english shoes we received a lot of pre-orders and sorry if we didn't answer to everybody but Everybody who sent an email to Hugo at ParisianGentleman.fr, gentleman, one gentleman, ParisianGentleman.fr, Hugo, uh, H-U-G-O, to pre-order the book, to be on the waiting list for this uh, book who's going to see the light in the winter, you just have to drop us a mail and then when the book will be ready, we'll send you a payment link. So that's enough for my promotion because today... I want to focus on other books and on the sartorial book because we receive a lot of requests on this subject. That's right. And, um, and so we decided to go over our own library and the, the, our own bookshelves and pick up some books. So some of them, you know, we live in, uh, in the USA, we live in France, so we have some of them are in the USA, some of them are in France. But uh, here are, for, from our point of view, the most important books on the subject. And we're going to start, Sonia, with the first one, which is, for me, the, probably the reference book on the subject, which is called... Dressing the Man. By who? 
Alan Visser. So can you describe the book for us a little bit? Well, I mean, if you are a neophyte, you know nothing about men's style, and somehow you catch the bat bug. Maybe you heard the word bespoke. Uh, maybe you met someone who has tailored clothes, and you know nothing about the subject. What a better place to start than dressing the man. You know, and it's a, a reference probably anyone in this industry knows It is a cr cr incredible book. I must admit, look, I'm, I'm showing it, you know, we are doing YouTube as, uh, at the same time we're doing the podcast. Right. So I'm showing it to the camera. Okay, you can see I've been using this book a lot because it's not in a very good condition. And this book, I think it was printed in the late 1990s. It's still extremely relevant. And uh, Mr. Flusher, who is working now in New York, uh, I've been selling, I don't know how many of these books. This is the reference book of all, this is the books of all books. Of, so how sorry, speaking. to find the right fit, how to mix patterns, exactly. how to give the right vibe in a situation. I mean, really goes far. Yeah, how to analyze your own complexion in yes. order to see which color. You have everything. This is a, 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 one of the most important books on the subject. Okay. Uh, I can't not say that Probably the most second most important book. Actually, he wrote a lot of them, but recently he wrote a summary of all his books. It's by our friend G. Bruce Boyer. I don't yes, have it here. It's in the USA, but we're going to show it on the screen. It's called True Style. Same thing. If you want, start with your flusser and then immediately go to G. Bruce Boyer. That's right. And then you're going to be with those two books only extremely well equipped to really work to find your own style. And this is what I like in those two authors. They don't explain to you what to do, how to do it. They just give you some ideas on maybe how you can little by little master a few principles, a few fundamental principles so that you can little by little progress on your tutorial curve. And Bruce likes to add some anecdotes and um, give you the general, uh, I guess, magic of the philosophy of men's style. Yeah. And so he goes from different angles, not just um, references on how you should do things, but also sort of the feeling of being in, in this yeah. scene. Uh, Bruce is a, is a fantastic writer. I he must is, say, Alan Flusser is a fantastic technician, that is, he understands dressing so well, but I would say, and no offense, Mr. Flusser, Bruce is a real writer. Bruce is a kind of a, he's a storyteller. Mm -hmm. He is, and on top of that, is a very funny man. Yes, we have to meet the, in person, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a luck to be friend with him, and he's such, he, uh, well, I was lucky enough, he wrote the foreword of my first book, that's actually, right. and so very it generous. was an honor for me, but uh, yeah, he's a very interesting and witty This is the word in English? Witty, W-I-T. He's a wit, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's very interesting. So that's wit. the second book you have to read. And then you have the third book that is important. I don't, it's not like a ranking. It's just the third book that comes to my mind is on my list, actually. It's called Gentleman by our friend Bernard Rutzel. Yes. Uh, it's from, uh, it's a German writer, a very famous uh, writer for us. And uh, I must admit that I've been also devouring literally his books at the beginning because it's a very, very... Um, good way to start on the right foot, if I may say. Yes, Bernard's very grounded. Yes. So you're not going to get up and dance while you're reading his book, but you're going to feel relaxed. You're going to take in the information, understanding some of the fundamentals of men's style that most anyone should know that wants to enter. Exactly. And so his most famous style. book is called Gentleman, and it's a really 
it's a fundamental principle book. And then I That's know right. that he released very recently, I think it's only in German for the moment, a book on uh, made to or bespoke shoes or made to measure shoes. And I didn't have the book in my hands Not for yet. the moment, but knowing him, I'm sure this is a well-researched book. And uh, we like Bernard, you know, The Sotorial community is a very small community. We know practically all the authors we're going to speak about. Not all of them, but almost all of them. And we are good friends. And with uh, Bernard Rotzel, we uh, we have a very good relationship. Yeah, I had a very I had an embarrassing thing happen one time with Bernard when we oh. were at Petiwomo. Are you sure you uh, want to tell us? Well, no, well yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that prideful yet. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be. But anyway, what we were doing was just enjoying, I think at Jilly's at Petiwomo. Um, oh, Jilly's um, a famous place yeah, where everybody like gets drunk uh, after eight so o'clock. A spritz, but Bernard reminded me that he's a teetotaler. He does not drink alcohol, mm, which that's was right. no big deal. So mm. we, anyway, we had a nice time together. And I noticed that his hat was underneath his chair. Mm-hmm. And so I, being the, trying to be the helpful person, reached under, took the hat from beneath his chair and put it on the other side of the table, which was not too smart because the hat was on the floor and the table supposed to be clean. But he informed me that a gentleman puts his hat under his chair. And so, of course, I remember that from, from that day forward. I never forgot that. And Did you, you know that? No, I didn't know that. And you cool. see that traditions he loves are very that. odd. Yeah. And he knows a lot about history. Yeah, he's an historian. He he's is. a very, very um, educated man in history. But it's, it's funny because sometimes it's uh, some gestures in some countries are very important and are not in other countries. And this is, I didn't know about this gesture, putting yes. the hat under the seat. And you thought he made a mistake. Well, I just was trying to rescue his hat. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So that's uh, the book, Gentleman by Bernard Rodson. And then we have our good friend, James Sherwood. We have a special relationship with James because he was the one who introduced me to my publisher, Thames and Hudson in London, uh, because uh, he was an author of Thames and Hudson. And he published, uh, I would say, two major books. One was in 2010 that uh, was a kind of an important book also for me because I was just starting Parisian Gentleman, my blog, and uh, he wrote uh, this famous book on Savile Row. Yes. And as far as I know, many other books have been written on the subject, but this one is for me one of the most interesting in terms of research. James is an historian. He likes to research. He likes to go extremely far in everything he does. So Savile Row uh, at Thames and Hudson. Yes, and James, you have to stick with it when you start his book. He's a very saucy character. Yes. So he will pour, put a little sauce here and there. So <laughs> yeah. believe me, if you can stick with 10 pages at a time, there's going to be um, some, some sauce Yeah, yeah. He's a strong entree. character. In, yes. it, uh, with, with, in France, right. say, he doesn't say, he doesn't take gloves to say what he thinks. That's a good way to and put it. And that's yeah. not very good for his career maybe sometime but it's uh, very good for him as a person yeah. uh, we are uh, these are this is kind of we probably of the same species we don't really care about what people think we do what we think it's good and yeah, we we stick right. to our beliefs and opinions so that's Saviru and then uh, I think a year later uh, Saviru was a great success internationally mm-hmm. and then he published another book called The Perfect, Perfect Gentleman. Gentleman and I remember it very very precisely because we organized the book signing in Paris, it was at the new Ralph Lauren flagship yeah. back in the year, I would say 2011, probably. I remember. And uh, that was a good memory. And so The Perfect Gentleman is not about tailoring, it's all about the, the other makers around tailoring, shoemakers, shirt makers, accessory makers. It's also a beautiful book. As, as far as I know, 
uh, both those books has been reprinted in a compact edition at Thames and Hudson. Well, good so. for him. I remember um, James. Some, something some of you may not know is when someone writes a book, you have authority almost uh, over almost everything in the book except the cover. Yes. And I remember James complaining a little bit about how he would have chosen a different cover. Yeah. And we went through these, this experience, too. So yeah. you really have to give it to the publisher, mm-hmm. um, this authority to choose the cover. There's really no negotiating it. But in my case, I was quite lucky because, honestly, yeah, I would never thought to put on the, the cover of my first book, The Parisian Gentleman, is... Um, this incredible smoking jacket from the 1960s by Francesco Smalto. And it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a work of art because this jacket is probably one of the lightest. In, it's, it's, it's not even silk, it's made in crepe de chine. Mm. I don't know the, the translation in English. It's, a, it's this very subtle material, extremely light, yes. light oh, more than light. It's, it's like a feather, yeah, literally. And they chose it, and I was not very convinced you were at the same time. Yeah. But it works very well. It and then the second well. one uh, was the Luca Rubinacci on his uh, motorino, That's right. on his uh, scooter. That's right. And, uh, but we, we cut his head. I'm sorry, Luca. We had the, the opportunity <laughs> yeah, to... Yeah, we remember? found out in Napoli you never do that. But we didn't know at the time. But it turned out to be sort of fun because a lot of people will hold the, their head on the book. Yeah. Like, uh, ah, I'm Luca for yeah. a minute. I'm sorry about <laughs> using the word cut his head. We removed the head That's from right. the picture so that nobody... A more universal him. message. Exactly. That's but right. in fact, everybody recognizes. Uh, Everyone knows Luca. Luca. So don't so worry, Luca's mother. Don't we worry. We have to say that we have to say that our publisher were quite good at choosing Very the good, So let's move to the next uh, book. It's from um, 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 a Japanese author uh, that, if I remember well, we introduced pretty much in Italy. She was introduced to us by Timothy Everest in, yes. in England. She's a journalist, a freelance journalist, and she wrote actually one book back in the years, and I think I have it here. I'm going to show it to you. It's another book on Savile Row, but it's in Japanese. So my level of Japanese is very limited, as you can imagine, but it's a beautiful book. We're going to show you a little bit of pictures if you look at YouTube on it. And And the title is A Glimpse into the World of English Terroring. And she did the same thing. I think last year or two years ago on Italian tailoring. And That's I think the, the title was the same, A Glimpse into the World of Italian Tailoring. Yeah, so this is the book that really got her name out there. And she's very strong with aesthetics. Yes. And, and, and the, the photographs are very yeah, uh, well the done. Yeah, the photographs are by, you, um, let me see if it's written here. Well, I'm so sorry. It is written in um, uh, Japanese, so uh, I can't. I can't see the photographer. I'm so sorry. Maybe later we can give credit to the photographer. It was well, very nice. yeah. Very sorry, nice. it's not written on the cover, and it's maybe it's written but it's in Japanese. But it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. It book. is. It's an, a nice uh, item. Let's move to the next one. So Yoshimi Yazegawa, Saviru, and Italian Tailoring, two interesting books. Then we have uh, our colleague. Simon Crompton, who yes. published, re- I think it's two years ago, this famous, uh, what's the, t- the sartorial travel guide. Yes, and we cool can, subject. Exactly. It means that it's a small pocketbook that you can travel with. And Simon has been traveling around the world and for his blog, permanentside.com. And he's been um, uh, noting in his book every tailor worth visiting, according to his opinion, of course, uh, every menswear shop, every trouser maker, every shoemaker. So I I think it's a very practical book. It's not really um, a book that uh, have chapters written. It's more like a, it's a guide. 
Literally. You know, it's something you can learn. It's something that's going to stay with you throughout the years. And that's always a valuable yeah, thing yeah, to it's have. It's a beautiful job. We that's have right. to admit this is a very use, u, 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 um, useful job that Simon Crompton did. Uh, the Sartorial Travel Guide. And uh, we have the same publisher, Thames and Hudson, once again. That's They're it. very active. Very I think they found genre. some kind of public with us and they Maybe continue so. publishing uh, oh, books. Oh, James, yes. Yes. Um, I want to quote another book by a French writer called Julien Scavini. Oh, yeah. Julien Scavini is a good friend of us. He's very famous now in France because he was part of a TV show mm-hmm. on tailoring and uh, he's, um, he's a former architect, a sweet man. Very sweet guy, and uh, he's a good friend of us. He has um, uh, uh, Scavini, S-C-A-V-I-N-I. He has a tailoring shop in Paris, and he wrote this book. Uh, he wrote many books in French called Mot Man, but um, unfortunately they're only in French. But one was translated in English, which called From Yarn to Pencil, because Julien has, Scavini has one particularity, is that he doesn't do pictures. Because he's drawing. He's a former architect, so he has he's a very good sense of drawing. And so when he explains things, it's very educational. He's drawing, for example, he's, he can draw a smoking jacket or double-breasted and explain with his drawings what you have to know. So it's a and very... And he goes far. When, yes. I mean, he's really helped us early on in the Parisian Gentleman days with yes. pocket placement, yes. angles that uh, the pockets are placed, um, uh, all types of lapel information. He goes into the minute details. Yeah, and yeah. It's very, very, nice very precise. Discover. His blog is called Stiff Color. That's right. And, uh, and it's, uh, I'm afraid it's just in French as far as I know, but this book, uh, From Yarn to Pencil, uh, is available in English. Now, let's move to, uh, I have books now on my side. Uh, let's take it, uh, it's going to be a little bit messy, but it doesn't matter. This is live. It doesn't matter. So let's look at this book. Uh, Master Shoemakers Gary. by our friend Gary Tuck. So Gary lives in Hong Kong. Uh, well, we can't say he's a good friend of us. We met him physically once. He was in Napoli, if That's I remember. Right. Yes. And, uh, but we have multiple contacts with him. He's a very interesting man. And what is interesting is that Gary is passionate with shoes, but he did this book with his own money. So he didn't want to go through a publishing company. He didn't want to do anything like that. He, he literally financed with his own money this book. And this book is about uh, bespoke shoemakers. And there's beautiful Read the pictures. Title. Master Shoemaker, The Heart and Soul of Bespoke Shoes. And uh, so people say, well, it's the same book that you wrote. No, it's not the same. It's very different. It's a different approach. The book we did uh, on Soulier, donc shoes to be released uh, in the winter. It's more like a photographic um, I would say masterpiece because it's not from us, it's from our photographer, Andy Julia, who spent so much time to really try to look at these shoes like um, almost like sculptures. Gary is more on the craftsmanship side of things. And there are chapters of, about uh, Anthony Delos, uh, Ide um, Taka Fuku. Sorry, I don't have my glasses. Fukaya, Dimitri Gomez, Cleverly, Bemer, Clement, Foster and Son, Saskia Whitmer, John Love, Roberto Ogolini. Gaziano and Girling, etc., etc. So it's a beautiful thing. And I, we must credit Gary because he did this with his own money, yes. pure by passion. He's it's also, we follow him on Instagram, he's also a sartorial expert with suiting. Yes. And he's known to hide his face, yes. like out his face, and yeah. show his suits. And yeah, yeah, you're yeah. always trying to guess who made the suit. Well, I mean, he, he has a funny thing. He always uh, do a um, uh, hashtag called my mystery tailor. But I know exactly who his <laughs> mystery tailor is. And I'm going to announce it 
publicly his mystery tailor is no i can't do that yeah, someone who used to work we don't say it. so that was master shoemakers by gary talk it's a beautiful uh, oh by the way i see the last book uh from james sherwood by james sherwood i should have talked about it just before um james did the, what we, do you say a monography when you speak about only one brown or one monography yeah, of course. okay Makes sense. this is a beautiful work that james did for the uh, venerable house of henry Poole. It was, um, it's a fantastic place. We, we know Henry Paul. It's called The First Tailor of Savile Row. And this is a very interesting book because it's not only a book on how Henry Paul is good and great and stuff like that. No, um, uh, uh, James Shaw would like to go into the archives of things. And then he's been um, finding patterns and names and try to reassemble uh, the wardrobe of one of the, of the most famous clients. So you have kings and politicians and marajas and from all around the world so it's it's a book on wardrobe of gentlemen uh, who were client and henry Poole. It's a beautiful book by thames and hudson maybe once most again. people know henry Poole was supposedly the inventor of the dinner jacket yes. so it's something to uh, look into if you don't know about it everyone should know the name henry Poole. exactly savile row then uh, we're going to move to another book which is uh, well to say the least, mm -hmm. a very emotional book. You're going to speak about this one. Uh, it's called The Measure of a Man, and it's, of course, by the iconic man called Martin Grinsfield. Can you tell us a little bit well, more? It's just written in a story format, and it's, um, of course, giving the history of his hardships, you know, going through an era when the Germans were persecuting um, the the Jewish people. Yeah. And so it's, it's very sensitive matter I, that really you should read yourself. And when you're in, when you really want to delve deep into the man himself and how he made such a name mm. in, in tailoring and establishing a tailoring house in New York city, which we visited. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just to give you like a little bit of insight of the book, the, uh, the title under the is called the measure of a man. And the punchline is from Auschwitz survivor to president Taylor. So it's the story of his life. Uh, this man survived Auschwitz, and he explained how he learned uh, by necessity how to, sew, to to work with a needle and a thread because he had to repair the shirt of one of the Nazis who were persecuting his family. And to save his life, he had to repair the shirt. And then he became some kind of a worker for these people just to survive. And, and this guy ended crafting suits for all the president of the USA. This is a fantastic story. And it's not only about tailoring, of course, it's a, it's a legacy. It's uh, so great. And then, we, yes, we visited. Uh, his, we met his, both of his sons who are carrying on the name. In Brooklyn. Yes. And uh, New York. Uh, this is a very touching book, of course, and very important book. And look at the smile of this guy. He's very He's famous around man. the world. He has a wonderful smile. Uh, we didn't Greenfield. never met him, unfortunately. but uh, Martin Greenfeld, it's a name that almost everyone knows in the business. Exactly. Now we, mm, we're going to move to another book that uh, we... Now we move to some more, that, not more obscure, but books that normally we don't speak about when we speak about men's style books. You know, everybody speaks about the Flusser, the Bruce Boyer, a few of my books, Bernard Rutzer, James Sherwood. But for example, you choose, darling, this one called Rules of Civility. Well, you know why? Because you saw that book once and you said, you have to get that book. I was telling you about it and you literally forced me to get this book and I... <laughs> It's a fictional book. It's a rules of civility. And it's just a book about a story of a, a man who was 
extremely handsome and extremely well put together sartorially. Mm -hmm. And so he meets a few women and one specifically who's always, you know, there's always that one heroine, the woman. And she has an accident that disfigures her. So it not only um, looks at style itself, but also how you as an individual can be a stylish individual. But the really interesting part is that at the end of the book, there's all kinds of civility rules, which are funny to look Speak at. Speak on and the you microphone, There's some darling. people who really like to get into the minute details of how to be uh, civil and stylish. And so... There's one here that was really interesting to me that I'll just randomly look at. Okay, for example, the 28th rule of civility. If anyone comes to speak to you while you're sitting, stand up, whether he's inferior or not. So, I mean, it's just, it's fun. It talks about not spitting in people's faces. Um, it just really... Interesting you mean spitting in people's faces. What does it yeah, mean? Yeah, well, if you cough, sneeze, sigh, or yawn, oh. do not do it loudly, but privately. Okay. Well, this some is people, very. This is the. This is the very breaking news these days. We wear masks. I won't go into reading each one. There's probably more than a hundred here, and so if you're into that kind of etiquette. old world type etiquette, you might enjoy reading it's that. Rules of civility. It's a beautiful book by. Amor, how do you how do you spell that? Amor towels. Amor towel T O W L E S. This is very complex. Let's spell it out. Yeah, the rules of civility. Beautiful book for sure. Then we move to. uh, We still have a few here. Oh, I like this one. It's called Ametora. So I'm not going to go too much into details, but it explains how in the 1960s uh, the Japanese youth literally took the. You say heavy or heavy style from the American style, campus yes. and literally revived it. And there were also there were a kind of a shame for their parents, you know, because Japanese are very conservative and they they saw all these kids, you know, dressing like Americans with some unstructured jacket and penny loafers and very high fitted trousers and it's a very interesting book from a, uh, it's a, it's a writer on Japanese fashion music and culture called David Marks and it's a very interesting book if you really are interested in the, the Japanese culture and mostly also in the real history of men's style because you know that Japan is a fanta- is a holy land for men's style it's, uh, the Japanese are literally obsessed with you know the perfection in men's style in shoes and suit we we know them quite well and so this book is a must read Ametora how Japan saved American style by W David Marks it's and some people will book. even look to the Japanese to define future trends for example uh, a few years ago the Japanese wore the sack suits uh, nobody was wearing sack suits they were wearing the very tight fitting you That's know right. uh, jackets and trousers That's but right. the Japanese have a real flair for Fantastic. what's ahead and wow what what great dressers they are Cosmas is it time to reset the camera so as usual I mean as usual if it's the first time you're listening to this podcast and you can also look at us on YouTube on our channel tutorial talks maybe it should not be online as at the same time at the postcard but we're going to put a little bit of music so that Cosmet can um, can change um, the the batteries and reset the cameras and the memory sticks so let's listen to some let's go back to the cello music by Justin Melan for tutorial talks 
is so lovely that sometimes uh, I, I would ask customers, take your time to reset the memory card. You're going too fast. So that we will, we, let's enjoy another 10 seconds of music, if you don't mind. You know why I appreciate this music particularly? It's just because, oh, of course, it's our music. We are blessed and privileged to have a composer of that level composing for us. But it's also that every track that was composed for Sotolto was played by real musicians with a real instrument. And for people like us who are advocating for, you know, coming back to this real sotorial art, go to your tailor, enjoying, rediscovering the magic of somebody hand-sewing your suit. We've been witnessing with Sonia so many times fascination, having this fascination. I remember our friend Pasquale, for example, who is working um, at Chiardi in Napoli. Nobody knows Pasquale. I mean, many people now know Pasquale, but this guy... There's a picture of him in the book, I think. I'm sorry? There's a picture of him and the Italian gentleman, Pasquale. Is what? I'm pretty sure there's a photo of Pasquale. Yes. Is this... um, Well, I don't know if he's old. I'm sorry, Pasquale. Maybe you're not that old, but this old man... You know, having his um, sewing uh, a suit on his on his uh, on his knee, and he's he's, he's been doing this so many times in his in his life that I think that that his body took the shape is a little bit bold like that. This is f- fascinating, and for us, having the gesture of having original music goes very well to what we preach for. You know, and uh, we like this idea of current. Let's continue. We still have three books to go through. Uh, or two you may know, and one which is absolutely delicious that very few people know, and I'm going to do like Sonia just did. I'm going to read a little bit. But first of all, I want to speak about this book, Bespoke, by Richard Anderson. Richard Anderson is a great tailor on Savile Row. We know him. I think he just published, by the way, recently, another book by Thames and Hudson. I don't, I'm sorry, uh, I don't remember the title. It was published last year. Um, at Thames and Hudson, but this one is called Savile Row Ripped and Smoothed. And it's a delicious book. If you are interested in British tailoring, if you're interested in... This is an autobiography, you say that? Autobiography? Yes, and it refers to when he was a kid. He's working at Huntsman, right? When yes. It's, it's whole and from that time path, forward... Exactly. Uh, when he was literally uh, just a boy... Uh, working for a tailor, doing pretty much everything, and then how he went, he wants his stripes one by one, doing literally everything, and then being, you know, a helper, then an undercutter, then a cutter, and then he tells the story about these great figures of Savile like for example Colin Hammick, who is a very important cutter in Savile and Huntsman. So beautiful book. Only if you are very interested in the story of Savile Row, this is a very personal journey. And uh, Richard is a great person. A great I remember guy. when you were reading that book, you would go to the bathroom and sometimes you wouldn't come out that, for an hour that, and a half. That's a secret. <laughs> like, what but are that's you a doing? Secret. And you said, I'm reading Richard <laughs> Anderson's book. I thought, well, I mean, uh, I was told by my father that like, every... It was that good. Exactly. Every great person in the world spend an hour and a half in the toilet when they have a good book. Oh, yeah. Uh, Beau Brumel, I think that was said to spend two hours on the toilet every oh, day. Anyway, I, I that's another that story. story. Whatever. <laughs> we are <laughs> digressing a little bit. And then well. we have this little book. Uh, that, that's a delicious little book called The Suit. Uh, 
Okay, the man said Nicolas Anton Giovanni. It's obviously, uh, how do you call it, pseudonym? It's not his name. It's a pen a name. Pseudonym, yes. It's a pen name. And it's been, um, uh, so he took the, um, this is a very interesting book on, it's um, sort of your education, literally giving you tricks. Easy to read. Easy, super easy to read. No, and what I like is uh, no photos. Mm-hmm. So isn't it interesting that a man can entertain and really give information on um, uh, sartorial art, on men's style, men's elegance without one picture? It is. So it means he's a good writer. And it was uh, written in the style of uh, Machiavel approach. That is to say how to be um, um, appreciated by the king. And so it's a very funny, funny and interesting. Uh, so also giving yourself permission to focus on yourself. Exactly. So, uh, for example, I, I, I give you a few ideas of the contents. The first uh, chapter, how many, how many are the kinds of bodies and in what mode they should be attired. So if you're small, if you're short, if you're uh, tall, if you're a little bit stout, if you have belly, if you don't have belly. He <laughs> gives you a lot of different tricks. We all have a little bit of belly. I mean, I'm speaking for the man. And uh, uh, for example, the chapter two is of average man. Chapter three of diminutive man. Chapter four, I love this one. Why the double-breasted suits which Humphrey Bogart wore did not look ridiculous on Humphrey Bogart's frame. So you feel, you can understand. This is for people who are really into the subject of time, but it's a beautiful little book called The Suit. You can read this in you know, a couple a of quick nights. Read. And then I would like to finish uh, with, uh, because we already speak in 33 minutes, with this little, little book called The English Gentleman by Douglas Sutherland. Uh, do, do I pronounce yeah, it Douglas correctly? Sutherland. Douglas do, Sutherland. Douglas Sutherland. Douglas Sutherland. Sutherland. And Southern this is, um, well, it's, uh, it's a delicious book. This is so British. I adore it. You it were makes, laughing when you were reading Well, I mean, this is a book you can't not laugh. It's a great book. And uh, I think, uh, I think your, your son gifted me this I book, right. Elliot, if I remember well. And look at the praise at the back of the, of the book. It's written, Douglas Thurvalon is a most witty exemplar of this vanishing species, and he has written a perfect self-parody of his type, a mock guide to gentlemanly behavior. So it's very British, it's very second degree, it's very self how do you say that? Um, self-mockery, I adore that for the British. They have this capacity of looking at themselves and laugh from, uh, at themselves, which is a very good capacity in life. And I would like to read you just the beginning of chapter nine, which is called, because everything, huh? the gentleman and his home, the gentleman and his school, the gentleman and his club, the gentleman and the opposite sex, the gentleman and his car, the gentleman at play, the gentleman at war, the gentleman abroad, and of course, number nine, the gentleman and his wardrobe. And he says, nothing gives away a man standing as a gentleman so much as his clothes. So he speaks about his suits. So listen to that, this is really good. Those people who have a suit for every day of the week and even, one is reluctantly led to believe more expensive wardrobes are parvenu of the worst sort. You understand the word parvenu? I I will not get into that. (laughs) (laughs) A gentleman generally has two suits and only two. There is one for formal occasion, like funerals, and another for less formal occasions, like going up to London. They are made by one of a select band of exclusive tailors, and last him many years until his wife judges they are 
to Threadbare. I'm going to put a little bit of music because I think it's going to be good with music. Yeah, slow down a little. Then they are either handed down to the gardener or given to a good cause, like the Distressed Gentlefolks Aid Association. By this time, with any luck, his tailor has been paid. And he buys two more. This is so funny because so there's nice. stories about, you know, back in the years, specifically in Savile Row, that was not very elegant to speak about money. So the, the tailor will just write in the book, this gentleman owe us one suit, two suits, three suits. And then some tailors had went into big problem because some people were not paying them for hundreds of suits. But that's another story. So he said, but this time with any luck, his tailor has been paid and he can buy Two more, he can buy two more. The criterion of a gentleman's suit is that it should fit well round the shoulders and that the cuff buttons should undo so that he can turn them back when he is washing his hand. And then he's speaking about other wardrobes, good tailors, the sport jacket. This is really, this is incredible. His shoes, this is delicious, it's full of humor, it's fully British. It's the English Gentleman um, by Douglas Featherland. I don't know if it's an easy book to find or not. It's uh, from years ago, but if you can put your hand on this, you will not regret it. I think uh, that is for, that's it for today. We probably forgot a few books. Oh, of course we did. And but uh, this was I'm a sorry nice for our friends, writers, if your book was not included in this show. We promise um, if you like this kind of book, not review, but books, you know, a tour, uh, we can do another one soon. Thank and you, I, I also ask that um, maybe in the comment section on the YouTube channel, if some people will leave some recommendations, I'm sure others in the community would appreciate that too. Yeah, I forgot to cut the music, so I hope it was good. Yeah, the piano <laughs> is so good. Sorry. And so thank you for uh, listening or watching us on YouTube. Uh, we give you an appointment for the next installment and episode of our Sotorial Talks, either the podcast or the um, YouTube episode. One thing, as we are starting this podcast series and we are very active on it, don't uh, hesitate. If you like this program, if you like to listen to us, uh, please um, give us some stars rating because it is important for us to, to it help us to the first time spread you've the ever word. Asked. That's what? the first time you've ever asked for well, that. Well, I mean, my father used to say, if you don't ask, you know, what, what, what the worst that can happen to you if you, don't, if you ask is that people say no. That's you know, but that's not very important. See you soon, my friend. Cheers. Thank you. Bye bye. Take bye. care.